The following broadcast is released under a Creative Commons license. I believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God. I believe He lived and died, and that He rose again. I believe and trust in Him. Ascended into hell, Christ our living head will one day come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe and trust in Him. I will trust in my Redeemer, sing of His love that lasts. Welcome all to Pastor Yeshua. You've been listening to Creed by Richard Jensen from his album, Order of Service. By way of introduction, Pastor is an acrostic which stands for Preaching All Salvation Through One Redeemer. Our Redeemer, Yeshua, Jesus, is the Hebrew name for the Lord. It means Yahweh, the Lord, is salvation. Translated from Hebrew into the Greek language, the name Yeshua becomes Iesus, The English transliteration for Jesus is Jesus. This program deals with apologetics, questions on and about God, the Bible, and the Christian faith. I take questions and seek by scripture to give answers and encouragement for everyone, including the tough-minded living in today's skeptical society. And now, let's join Pastor Yeshua. Welcome again to Pastor Yeshua. As stated in an earlier episode discussing types and shadows, when we study all of Scripture, we tend to see that indeed God seems to create all things according to a pattern which testifies of Him. As we continue to look and study the visible and invisible things of creation, we are able to increasingly see God's reflection to some degree in that mirror. When these examples occur within scripture, we characteristically refer to them as types or shadows. We shall also see that ultimately, as with all scripture, that these types and shadows point to the substance, which is Jesus. In part one of this episode, we continued our study of types and shadows with the story of Moses, the Deliverer. Beginning in part 1, we saw that how that Egypt was the type of sin, and how Israel, God's people, are the type of all those who are in bondage to sin. We are introduced to Moses, who like Jesus was appointed as a deliverer for his own people. We saw how Moses, like Jesus, having the right to royalty, 
volunteered to humble himself as a servant to save his people. We saw how Moses, like Jesus, went out to his people to save them and was rejected. In this, part two, we continue our unfolding story of Moses, the Deliverer, and continue to compare the various types in question to the substance, Jesus. You will recall we left off where Moses had just slain the Egyptian who was smiting one of Moses' fellow Hebrews. Shortly thereafter, Moses returns to attempt to mediate peace between two Hebrews, at which point his authority is questioned, and it is clear that his previous act of killing the Egyptian is known. We pick up at verse 15, which says, quote, Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well, unquote. Notice in verse 15 of our type, Pharaoh, like those in Jesus' day, Herod, Caiaphas, Annas, Pilate, and any others who were in charge wanted to kill Jesus because Jesus represents delivery from the slavery of sin which Egypt entails. Pharaoh, Herod, and the remaining leaders of Moses' and Jesus' day had one thing in common. They suffered from hardness of heart. This hardness of heart was unfortunately also indicative of general spiritual mindset of Israel during Jesus' time. Matthew chapter 13, verse 15, points out this diagnosis by the great physician, Jesus himself. Quote, For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them." The remaining portion of Exodus verse 15 states that as a result of this enmity between Pharaoh and Moses, that Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. The land Midian literally means strife. The land of Midian takes its name from Midian who was a son of Abraham through his relationship with Keturah. Thus, in the bigger type picture, we see that the strife in question from which Midian gets his name is born of a relationship outside the faith and patience necessary to wait upon God's promise and timing. Thus, because Pharaoh and Moses' own kindred, who are the type of the Jewish people, Israel, who are Jesus' kindred, will not receive him in his role as their Messiah, i.e. Deliverer, Jesus separates himself, and as a result, strife exists. Despite this, Jesus, like Moses, sits down by a well, awaiting whoever will approach, and by implication offers all who do so to drink of that well. The question is, if Israel, the Jewish people, will not accept Moses, i.e. Jesus, as their deliverer, then who will come and drink and accept him? Matthew chapter 12, verses 14 through 21, give perhaps the best answer. Quote, then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him, how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. 
and charged them that they should not make him known, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold, my servant, who I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive, nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment unto victory. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust." Notice here in this verse how Jesus, like Moses, declared himself to his people as their deliverer. Despite this, the Pharisees, like Pharaoh, hardened their hearts, held counsel, and plotted how to destroy Jesus. Jesus, like Moses, knew their plans and withdrew himself. Following this, Jesus turns to those who will not strive against his offer of deliverance, in this case the Gentiles. This extension of grace to the Gentiles reminds us of the verses given by Jesus in Matthew chapter 21, verse 42, Mark 12, verse 10, and Luke 20, verse 17, which say, quote, Jesus saith unto them, Did ye never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner? This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes." Unquote. Peter comments on this in Acts chapter 4, verses 10 through 12. Quote, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved." Unquote. Peter further expounds on this truth in his epistle of 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 6-10. through 10. Quote, Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which is the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy." Unquote. Regarding the adoption of a people, the Gentiles who were not a people, we continue with Exodus chapter 2, verses 16 through 22, which says, quote, Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. And the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. And when they came to Reel, their father, he said, 
How is it that ye are come so soon today? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds, and also drew water enough for us, and watered the flock. And he said unto his daughters, And where is he? Why is it that ye have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses Zipporah his daughter. And she bare him a son, and he called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land, unquote. In the above verses, we are introduced to the priests of Midian, which means strife, who had seven daughters. These daughters came to the same well where Moses had chosen to rest. The seven daughters proceed to fill their troughs with water from the well in order to water their flocks. Apparently, shepherds from another flock drove the seven daughters away. Reading between the lines, it seems likely, at least in part, that the presence of strife arises from the fact that there are two separate flocks and shepherds who are vying for water from the same well. In one case, we have the seven daughters of the priest of Midian who need water for their flock. In the second case, we have the unnamed shepherds who are in need of water from the same well. It would appear that at least in this instance that the unnamed shepherds have the superior strength and or numbers to drive the seven daughters away. From this it is not difficult to pronounce that there was a polarized strife and contention between the seven daughters and their flock and the unnamed shepherds and their flock. It is also likely in a more substantive sense, as we shall see, that the strife in question is that strife, i.e. rebellion, separation from God due to sin, which exists. The question is, who are the good guys, if any? The answer comes in verse 18, where we learn that upon being helped by Moses, the seven daughters go to Reel, their father. In this case, the key is the name Riel, which literally means friend of God. When the seven daughters return, Riel, their father, asked them, How is it that ye are come so soon today? This question seems to infer that Riel was familiar with the regular routine of his seven daughters and that of the well. It suggests that normally visiting the well to draw water and feeding the flock was a time-consumptive process, and consequently Riel would not expect to see his seven daughters until much later in that day. Keeping this in mind, when we return to our above verses, we read that when the unnamed shepherds attempt to drive away the seven daughters from feeding their flocks, Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. Now, from the original Hebrew word translated here as, quote-unquote, helped, we literally discover that the root meaning is, quote, victorious salvation or deliverance, unquote. As we consider Moses' salvation and deliverance of the seven daughters, the plot thickens when we add what we have learned regarding our type to date. First, we have Moses who went out to his own people in an attempt to deliver them and was denied. Second, when Moses is rejected by his people, he next meets the seven daughters of Midian, i.e. 
Riel, who are overseers of their flock seeking water. Moreover, Riel and his seven daughters are Midianites. Again, the Midianites are descendants of Midian via Abraham and Keturah and are consequently Gentiles. This type dovetails nicely with the substance Jesus, who according to Matthew chapter 12 verses 14 through 21, would now show judgment to the Gentiles and whom the Gentiles would trust. Thus, Jesus, like Moses, turns his attention to provide deliverance and salvation to the Gentiles when his own people, Israel, i.e. the Jews, refuse to receive him as Messiah. This type and the substance Jesus with his ultimate plan and desire to provide salvation to both Israel as well as the Gentiles is discussed at length by Paul in his epistle to the Romans beginning in chapter 10. The backdrop to chapter 10 of Romans is that Paul recognized that the Jewish people, of whom he was one, had rejected Jesus and his message of salvation by faith. At the same time, Paul rejoiced because this rejection provided the opportunity for God to reach out to the Gentiles and reconcile those who would by faith receive adoption to becoming heirs to eternal life. Paul opens with this thought in verse 1 of chapter 10, saying, quote, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved, unquote. After some discussion, Paul concludes that since Christ is the end of the law for righteousness for those who exercise faith in Christ and his imputed righteousness, Paul also reveals that having confession of faith in Christ, there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, i.e. a Gentile. Beginning in verse 19, Paul then begins to explain Israel's spiritual fate given the fact that the Gentile people were receiving and being received by God, while apparently, for the time being, the Jewish people were not. Quote, but I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people, and by a foolish nation I will anger you, unquote. Paul then asked the pointed question in chapter 11, verse 1, quote, I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin, unquote. In chapter 11, verses 8 and 9, Paul answers his own question, saying, quote, According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. And David saith, Let their table be made a snare, and a trap, and a stumbling block, and a recompense unto them, unquote. Further, in chapter 11, verse 11, Paul says, quote, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather, through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles, for to provoke them to jealousy, unquote. Lastly, Paul summarizes, saying, quote, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, 
that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in, unquote. We see then that in our type, Moses is the type of Jesus who, having been rejected by his own people, Israel, turns to the seven daughters of Midian, who he promptly provides deliverance and salvation from their burdens. Not only so, but having delivered the seven daughters, Moses, like Jesus, goes on to feed and to give water to the flock of the seven daughters. In this analogy, I submit that the seven daughters represent the type of the seven churches who are the flock, i.e. the church, with its various shepherds, the seven daughters, and its chief shepherd, Moses, i.e. Jesus. Likewise, I suggest that the water being supplied to the seven daughters, i.e. the church, is none other than the living water and that Jesus is the well from which that water springs. It also demonstrates that Jesus comes as a servant and that it is he who completes the work necessary to give life to the flock. This type is confirmed in John chapter 4 verses 10 and 11 which say, quote, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, Thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Unquote. Also, in John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38, quote, In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, unquote. Immediately after meeting Moses and receiving deliverance from him, along with the water, the seven daughters returned to their father. The original language translated, quote, came to, Riel, their father, could also be translated, quote, to go in, enter, come, go, or come in, unquote. Combined with the actual definition of the proper name Riel, i.e. friend of God, the above encounter described in the above verses could be paraphrased in context with our type as follows. After the seven daughters, i.e. the church, the outcalled ones, the Gentiles, meet Moses, i.e. Jesus, Jesus drives away the opposition and provides deliverance and salvation to the seven daughters. Jesus also sustains his newfound flock with water from the well of himself via this new relationship. Having established this relationship, the seven daughters now have the standing and ability through grace to enter into the presence of their father as a friend of God. James chapter 2 verse 23 comments further on the methodology by which one is characterized as a quote friend of God unquote. Quote, and the scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God unquote. Galatians chapter 3 verse 7 extends this status of being a friend of God to everyone through faith. Quote, 
Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham, unquote. Also, Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 29, quote, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Unquote. Finally, Riel gives Moses one of his seven daughters, Zipporah, to Moses as his wife. Eventually, Zipporah and Moses have two children together named Gershom and Eleazar. Here in our story, Moses, who is the type of Jesus, is married to Zipporah, the type of the church, who are Gentiles. While we are in nowhere given the name of the other six daughters, the name Zipporah is equated with a bird, since the word translated Zipporah means to twitter or to chirp like a bird. However, as we dig deeper, the root word has the understanding of to turn oneself about. With this in mind, one can hardly think of a more fitting and suitable bride for Christ according to Scripture than those who have turned about through repentance and through grace by faith have entered into a relationship and marriage to Christ and have thus become a friend of God through reconciliation by Jesus' imputed righteousness. Even so, for the time being while here on earth, we are reminded of two things by the names of Moses' children. First, the name Gershom, Moses' firstborn son, means sojourner or stranger. Thus, we are told that we who are Christ's church are pilgrims on earth en route to our heavenly home. Second, although we are strangers and pilgrims, the name Eleazar reminds God's outcalled ones, the church, that since El, the first part of Eleazar, is God, and Ezer, the last part of Eleazar, Ezer, is translated, quote, the one who helps, unquote. This tells us that God will help and supply all our needs according to our relationship to him. This relationship of love, protection, and provision reminds us of the admonition by Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, and Luke chapter 12, verse 24, which say, quote, Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor do they gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Unquote. Also, Luke chapter 12, verse 24, quote, Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn. And God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? Unquote. Beginning in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, we read, quote, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. Unquote. 
To begin with, in this verse, the Hebrew word translated kept more literally means, quote, to dwell or exist, abide or remain, unquote. The proper name Jethro means, quote, remainder, excess, rest, remnant, excellence, or abundance, unquote. The word translated backside literally means, quote, to delay, hesitate, tarry, defer, remain behind, unquote. The word translated desert literally means, quote, an uninhabited plain country fit for feeding the flock, i.e. a pasture, unquote. Finally, the proper name Horeb means, quote, dry or desert, unquote. Given these various above translations in context with our unfolding type, we may apply them to the substance to see what we have. Moses, i.e. Jesus, delivers and provides salvation to the seven daughters and enters into a marriage with Zipporah, who is the type of those who have turned from separation, strife, and rebellion with God to having a relationship with Jesus via grace through faith. Having done so, Moses, i.e. Jesus, dwells and abides via his Holy Spirit with his flock who are the remnant. As we move to the final portion of this verse, I believe the type and substance brings us to the current time in history. Presently, Christ's church, his bride, the outcalled ones, have and continue to be redeemed as Jesus shepherds, feeds, nourishes, grows and cares for his flock via his indwelling spirit who are pasturing at the foot of God's mountain. While we, the outcalled ones, are fed and watered via our relationship with our shepherd, there is nevertheless a sense of being in a dry desert since we await his physical return and the continuing struggle of the flesh versus the spirit. We, the church, live, wait patiently with the groaning expectation and imminency of the shepherd's return to gather us unto himself. During this time, God prepares to send Moses, i.e. Jesus, back to his brethren, Israel, the Jews who are still in servitude in Egypt, i.e. sin and separation from God, to deliver them. This period of waiting of the eminency and expectation of his return is voiced nowhere better than Titus chapter 2, verse 13, which says, quote, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and of our Savior, Jesus Christ, unquote. Also, Romans chapter 8, verses 22 and 23, quote, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body, unquote. This is precisely the situation today. The church, the outcalled ones, Christ's bride, the flock, his sheep, have and continue to be redeemed by his grace through faith in Jesus' completed work. 
the spiritual blindness of Israel, which caused them to reject Jesus as their Messiah, has gradually and increasingly begun to lift. We, Jesus' church, stand poised, ready to be gathered to our chief shepherd to meet him in the air. Eventually, Jesus will be recognized by his own and will be known in his role as Messiah, Lord, God, and King to all, including his own. This fact is made known by Revelation chapter 1, verse 7, which says, quote, Behold, he cometh with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Unquote. The question is, when he does come, will we say, oh no, or will we say, amen? More pertinently, since no man knows the day or the hour of his return, we must expect him at any time on any day when we least expect it and always soon. That being said, as you contemplate his return, what do you say? Do you say, not now, tomorrow? Or do you say, even so, come soon, Lord Jesus, amen. There is much more to come in the story of Moses as the type of Jesus in their roles as deliverers. For the time being, this concludes this episode. Please join me again for more about Moses the Deliverer. Now, if you have any questions about God, the Bible, or the Christian faith, I encourage you to send me an email at pastor underscore Yeshua at yahoo.com. That's P-A-S-T-O-R underscore Y-E-S-H-U-A at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. Bye.